0: wondering if I should just uh, pray and dismiss us after that pastoral prayer which was a sermon in itself Michael thank you for that my, my heart was um, lifted up to God by that thank you love your neighbor as yourself the cornerstone of Christian ethics um It's such an important concept that in Galatians 4.16, the Apostle Paul says that the entire law is fulfilled in keeping that commandment. In Romans 13 verses 9 through 10, Paul says that every other command is summed up in that one command to love your neighbor as yourself. And when Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, he said it's to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your mind. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. might surprise you to find out that Jesus was not the originator of that concept. If you read the Old Testament enough, in fact, in light of the New Testament, you'll find that Jesus didn't really have very much in the way of originality. That almost everything he says, you find in the Law and the Prophets. And love your neighbor is no exception. Leviticus 19.18, we read, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Everyone knows that it says that. Everyone knows what it says. The trick is understanding what it means and applying it properly. Because we're predisposed, it seems, to getting it wrong. I want to read to you today from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. And teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law?" he replied, "How do you read it?" He answered, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself." Well you've answered correctly," Jesus replied, "Do this and you will live." But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And Lord, uh, we pray that by your word and spirit today that you would... Teach us to go and do likewise through Christ our Lord. Amen. Therefore, it's an important word. Whenever we see it or hear it, it means as a result of, consequently. It's a word that we find often in the Bible. In Romans chapter 6, after telling us that we have died with Christ and we've been raised with Christ, Paul says, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its lusts. It is as a result of our being united to Christ in his death and his resurrection, therefore, we are to count ourselves Dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. Therefore, therefore is a word that we find often in the Bible, but it's also a word that we must use for ourselves if we're to obey the Bible, if we're not to read this book just as a historical curiosity, but we're to read it as uh, for what it is, the Word of God, it tells us things, and we're to draw conclusions. It's to make a difference in our life. God's Word says this, therefore. But there's a caution with the therefores that we draw because it's possible for us to draw the wrong conclusions, maybe even the opposite conclusions of what we ought. I think there's no greater danger of that than with the dictum to love your neighbor as yourself. And so as we consider that today, that cornerstone of Christian ethics, love your neighbor as yourself, let's think a little bit together about what love your neighbor as yourself does not mean. Love your neighbor as yourself does not mean, therefore, hate your enemy. Now, you know, you might think, who in the world would think that? Well, that was the common understanding of it in Jesus' day. In Matthew chapter 5, in that section that's come to be called the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. I think it's worth pointing out, and just want to draw your attention to the fact that if you read through Matthew chapter 5, this thing called the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus will often be quoting scripture, and yet Jesus never says, it has been written, but I say to you. Jesus never uh, contradicts or contravenes what the scriptures themselves say, but what he always says is, you have heard that it was said. You've heard that people, in reading God's word, have drawn conclusions about it. But I say to you, and what Jesus is talking about is the therefore that people conclude. He's talking particularly here about the therefore that the teachers of the law had concluded. Love your neighbor means, therefore, hate your enemies. And I can hear the process of the sound exegesis of the teachers of the law now. It would go something like this. Leviticus 19.18 says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among the sons of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself so they would say, well, let's engage in some good sound exegesis here. Look at the context, and it's clear that when we're told, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among the sons of your people, that is my fellow Jew, people who are my countrymen, people who believe as I do. We're part of my culture, my context, my people. But love your neighbor as yourself, well, that refers then to the same. The neighbor is those people of my culture, my context, those people who believe as I do, my countrymen. Therefore, we're to love our neighbors, our fellow Jews, and to hate our enemies. Jesus says, No. In verses 46 and 47 of Matthew 5, he says, For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Don't even pagans do that? He says, rather, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And you see, those who were drawing the conclusion, the therefore of what it meant to love your neighbor as yourself, made two mistakes. The first mistake, should be really obvious to see, is that the therefore doesn't follow. Not, not necessarily, not absolutely, even if we could limit neighbor here to meaning fellow Jew, fellow countrymen, one who believes as I do. It does not follow, therefore, that I ought to hate everyone else. Love your neighbor and hate your enemies. And the second is that in determining whether love should be exclusive, it's something that I show only to people who are like me, or inclusive, all people, even strangers, even enemies, they concluded that love should exclude certain people. Jesus said love should include all people. And here's the tricky part, you know. Because it's possible, as we see from the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, to know the Bible and not know God. Jesus tells us what the Bible means because he knows God. Now, here's the tricky part for us because we only know God through the Scriptures. But it's a reminder to us, a warning to us, to be careful that we so easily can read the Scriptures for the purpose of justifying our own selfishness, our own sin, our own hatred, and lay that at God's feet, thereby take his name in vain. Well, you see it in this expert of the law. When he answers Jesus correctly... Jesus says, do this and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he said, and who is my neighbor? What, what part of this book can I focus in on to the exclusion of the others so that I can exercise my own selfishness and my own sin? Now, you know, we, we hear this in the Love Your Neighbor and hate your enemy. And we say to ourselves, how could they ever think that? How could they ever be so deluded into thinking that love your neighbor as yourself means to hate certain people? We say that, I think, because Jesus tells us so clearly that it doesn't mean that. But, you know, we too can easily twist what Jesus meant. So let me tell you what else love your neighbor as yourself does not mean. It's something that I hear very commonly today. Love your neighbor as yourself does not mean you first must learn how to be a great lover of yourself. See, I've heard that so often that love your neighbor as yourself means that I that I first must focus on myself and learn how to be a great lover of. Of myself. How can I love other people as myself if I don't love myself first? So I need to focus on myself and become a great lover of myself. I'll point out to you that the text doesn't say that. This is another one of those you have heard it said. And I hear it said a lot today. I often hear it misquoted. It's misquoted this way. It's subtle. It's a subtle difference. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. The implication of that is that in order to love my neighbor, then I need first to learn how to love myself and love myself well. But, but did you know that the Bible doesn't say that? Those are not the words. It doesn't say love your neighbor as you love yourself. It says love your neighbor as Yourself, it's it's a subtle difference, but it's important. Now, let me tell you here that Jesus, as he speaks, is in this passage, he's he's not addressing a corrective for a low sense of self worth. That's how we so often hear it today, that love your neighbor as yourself means we have to learn to love ourselves and overcome our sense of low self-worth. Now, I don't think that Jesus is denying, I'm certainly not denying, that a person may have a chronic sense of low self-worth, and that's not a good thing. And particularly that is so for people who have suffered long-term Abuse, either physical or verbal or sexual abuse, that those people will often have a very low sense of self-worth. But Jesus is not addressing that here. What Jesus is speaking of is, well, in fact, you know, every one of us, every one of you, will at times in your life have a sense of low self-worth. I I want you to think back over the periods in your life where that's been so... When I started to think about that, I could think of times even in my childhood when I had a sense of low self-worth. And I'm not talking about that happening because of abuse, because of things that people did to us. But all of us will do things in our lives that will result in a sense of self-loathing, even of self-hatred. Something happens, not to us, but we do something that makes us realize that we are not the bastions of virtue that we would like to believe that we were. And it takes us by surprise sometimes. Someone said... uh, It only takes one slow person in front of me in the grocery store to destroy the illusion that I am a nice person. I want to tell you, friends, that it's actually in those times because we do something that makes us realize that we're not quite who we thought we were. And the result of that is a sense of self-loathing and self-hatred and a sense of low self-worth that highlights for us what God means when he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Because no matter how much self-hatred you might have at a given time, and I want you to think back over times when you've done something, what, when you have tremendously disappointed Yourself, You have not thought that you had it within you to do that, but you did it. And maybe it drove you to tears. And, and as you're crying over it and the mucus is running down your face, what did you do? You, you got a tissue and you wiped your nose. No matter how badly you feel about yourself, if you are cold, you will pull on a blanket or pull on a sweater or move inside. If you're overheated, you'll do something to cool yourself. If you have the feeling of being parched, you will drink something. And sometimes people in a situation like that will lose their appetite, but if you're hungry, you'll eat something. No matter how much self-loathing you have, you will act to care for yourself in your basic and pressing needs if you really understand the words love your neighbor as yourself then the therefore easily follows it includes loving those who are like you yes and those who are not it includes loving even your enemies and those who persecute you loving your neighbor as yourself Is rooted in compassion. And in response to the law expert's question, who is my neighbor, Jesus told what's come to be known as the parable of the Good Samaritan. Sometimes I've seen this text treated in just the parable. we, We miss the point if we look at just the parable. This is an answer to a question. And the question was that this expert in the law says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, I'm not going to go into the history behind this. The only thing you need to understand in order to understand the import of this parable is that the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. They had tremendous bad blood. There were historical reasons for that, but, but they were enemies. They didn't have anything to do with one another, And in fact, oftentimes, if a Jew was traveling from Jerusalem up north, say, to Nazareth or something, uh, he would go way out of his way rather than take the short route through Samaria. That's how much they hated the Samaritans, and the Samaritans returned the hatred. And in the parable, we're to understand here that it's a Jewish man who falls victim to robbers and is thrashed within an inch of his life. And two people pass him by, his countrymen, his neighbors, as they would want to understand it. And they don't stop to help. One of them is a priest, one of them is a Levite of the tribe from which the priests come a parable, but I could hear the reasonable excuses. Can't you? As Jesus told the parable, there'd be people thinking, well, well, well yes, but it, it, it might be a ruse. This man might be faking his injuries. He might, he, he might have colleagues lying in wait, and when I stop to help him, then they'll attack me. Uh, Or, you know, who knows what this guy did. Maybe he had it coming. Maybe he deserved it. Maybe he's in the situation and condition that he's in because he deserved to have that happen to him. Or I don't know, he's half dead. Uh, Maybe he's dead already. Maybe as I'm trying to help him, he'll die, and then I'll be ceremonially defiled. The person in the parable who does stop to help him is a Samaritan. And why does he stop? But Jesus tells us it's because of pity, it's because of compassion. When he saw him, he took pity on him, took compassion on him. The word that's used here in the Greek New Testament is the word splochnon. I tell you that word because it's a word that, that, that means literally guts. I mean, you can kind of picture, right, if, if somebody was opened up, that the, their guts dropped out, the sound that it would make would be like on. right? And it's a, it's, a, it's, it's a very evocative word. And, and I think that what it does for us is it shows us what compassion is like. When you look at someone and you feel compassion, people will say things like, I felt my heart move, or I felt my stomach drop. Have you ever looked at a situation of somebody in need, somebody in pain, and that's how you you felt something move in your guts? You looked at him, and he felt compassion. He could feel what that man felt. And so he cares for and provides for the man because he can feel his wounds. Something has moved inside him. Jesus goes on to ask the expert in the law, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? And the expert of the law replied, there's no other answer. The one who had mercy on him. Loving your neighbor means loving even your enemy. Now let me say again, what loving your neighbor as yourself does not mean. Does not mean that we have to like or have high regard for the person. Right? There are times that we don't like or have high regard for ourselves. Does not mean helping people only who are deserving We impulsively care for our own basic needs even when we feel undeserving. It does not mean, in this context, that we need first to learn to love ourselves better. But loving your neighbor as yourself means this. As you instinctively care for the needs that you feel in yourself despite how you feel about yourself so you need to be moved to compassion to feeling what others feel moved to meet the pressing needs they have that you can see in them regardless of how you feel About them. Loving your neighbor as yourself is rooted in putting yourself in the place of another. You know, God told us in the Old Testament in Leviticus 20 and again in the New Testament in 1 Peter 1 be holy, for I am holy. And and holiness is defined by God himself, by who he is, by how he acts, by what he does. Countless times in the Old Testament we're told of God's compassion. And over and over again in the New Testament, the Gospels tell us Jesus had compassion. He felt what people felt. He put himself in our place. And not, you know, not just in his heart and in his mind, but in the incarnation, in a very real way, he put himself in our place all the way to the cross. And there he felt our loss, he felt our grief, he felt our shame, He felt our alienation from God and our alienation from one another. He felt it all so that he could do something about it and bring us relief. And in the incarnation, the God who calls us to love our neighbor became our neighbor so that he could love us as he calls us to love one another. Loving your neighbor does not mean hating your enemy. In fact, you're called to love your enemies. Loving your neighbor does not mean learning to love yourself better first. In fact, we understand best what it means to love our neighbors as ourselves when we have a sense of low self-worth and see that we still care for ourselves and our basic needs. and we do that best, perhaps we can do it only when we have received the compassion of God in the love that he's shown to us in Jesus Christ. Loving your neighbor as yourself means exactly what it says. Love your neighbor as yourself. Would you pray with me? Our Father, thank you for your love to us, for your compassion upon us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, While we were enemies, we were reconciled to you. Lord, help us to go and do likewise. And we'll give you the glory as we're changed from glory to glory through Christ our Lord. Amen. Mm -hmm.